Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. I'm your host, the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne. Today we're joined by JRP with Rev. JRP, man, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, absolutely, man. You know, we're going to jump into, we're going to talk about a lot today, right? Gaming, Web3, what you guys are doing at Rev. But before we jump into that, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background, kind of what you did before you got into the space? Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of funny. My career started in Web3 gaming. Uh, I, when I was a junior in college, I started up my own Axie Infinity Guild and just kind of was fascinated with the economic benefits that were kind of had without the entire ecosystem and in general, what it was doing for gaming. It was just bringing in so many players at one time. And I wanted to just kind of pursue that and see if there was more uh, into the realm of, of what it meant to be a guild almost. And so for my senior project, I decided having to ask my senior professor, like, hey, do you mind if I can do a senior project based off of this guild model, possibly helping advise a potential startup in space uh, in which I was able to do? We ended up raising $750,000. Uh, we ended up deploying a, a lot of that into Axie Infinity, a couple of other of the up and coming games at the times, and, and then ultimately decided to kind of launch the guild. Uh, it got to about 250 people, 300. We became kind of a, more competitive on esports games, mid to hardcore games, but there was still not a lot of games out in the market. So ultimately decided to pivot as head of partnerships at ReNFT, uh, which we were working on, you know, rental infrastructure for a lot of these games that were coming out and continue to get uh, increasingly um, kind of partnered there and understand what, you know, games ultimately needed. And then finally now uh, in a couple of positions advising different games, um, running a own community of a community of my own, specifically for professionals in the Web3 gaming space. Uh, but more importantly, just being able to really be at the forefront of like games are thinking about distributing what they do in this way. How can we help best help them get the tools to get to the finish line and actually be successful? Because launching a game is one thing, but making it actually, you know, be a business is another thing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we've seen aspects of that in early Web3 gaming where there was a lot of gaming projects that may have had some, maybe some decent models in terms of revenue structure, tokenomics, but the game wasn't really that fun to play, right? Yeah, so right. people were just playing that. And then there's vice versa, right? Trying to show those people that have great games, how they can integrate elements into, you know, into Web3. So let, let's draw, dive right into uh, Rev. Tell everybody what Rev is and, and what you guys set out to do. Yeah, so Rev essentially allows you to get to know your top supporters and also reward them. Uh, so what this means is really in a non, in an omni-platform way, you can understand who your user is, what they're doing, and, and get more insight into their behaviors and interests. Some of those interests and behaviors being on chain and some of them not. And so right now in the kind of creator economy, we see the actual business foundation very seg uh, segmented from each other. Uh, there isn't something that really allows for people to connect with each other seamlessly and get the audience insights that they need to make actual true decisions. Most of the money that you see come from influencer marketing goes to the top 1% of influencers that have the most amount of followers. That's kind of like ultimately what happens. But uh, the part of the reason is because we just simply don't know more about these micro influencers because we can't really understand what their communities look like, especially if they're hosting all on one platform. And so Rev ultimately utilizes an, a badging system to help get more of these networks connected and also on the back end helps creators uh, understand their audience more, reward their audience with specific giveaways or other features that we have 
And then more importantly, just simply be able to connect with brands that have the same interests as them. And, you know, again, it, it all fa falls back into Web3 Gaming today, since we see a huge rise in Web3 Gaming uh, creator programs where they're wanting to onwork, you know, KOLs to ultimately help them market the game. And it's a, a great idea, but it's ultimately like every single game has to have a program. Uh, and so it's really shows this nature of Web3 on the community standpoint of like how important community is for Web3 games and in my opinion, future gaming. And then also just kind of like what's happening in the background of having all of this on-chain data, but not really knowing how we can attribute what is going into a specific user. And that's ultimately what Rev is. There's so much more that I can dive into, but it really ultimately lands on a case-by-case -case basis. Gotcha, gotcha. And so I think you touched on it briefly there too. Like the, you guys have a portal, like creators can join and brands can join. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. So, so if I'm someone maybe that is looking to get into Web3 Gaming or already create content on Twitch or another platform, I can just go directly to Rev and, and sign up and start basically exploring that, that whole ecosystem, right? Exactly. And, and like I mentioned, our entire kind of platform is revolved around, but not necessarily is always revolved around this, but our badging system. So if you're a content creator, like right now, if we had a chat room, what we can do is we can spin up a badge, which uh, can be thought about as like a, uh, a SBT uh, and also non-transferable and uh, essentially be able to drop that within the chat and have other people claim it so that you can start seeing like, oh, this person claimed it. And then if someone claims it, you, we can, you know, for an example, can say, Hey, I'm going to actually going to give away a free class or like a free, like, uh, I'm actually doing this for one of the communities I run. Like I'm going to be giving away free time that I have as a consultant time. And so hopefully to see how that interact or like how that changes the interaction between me and my actual community, if I know who's coming and I can reward that person who's coming the most, then it will build more community. And that's kind of the thesis there. Uh, but the flow is definitely built out. You can go in today and use it. And we have live integrations with all of the major social media platforms, Twitch, YouTube, and have a variety of other methods that make it easy for a seamless process, like an airdrop feature. Awesome, man. And that's really, when you think about what, how Web3 can really enhance, not, not just the gaming anywhere, enhance that connection between community and brand, community and influencer, uh, and everywhere in between, being able to offer those community incentives, drop them to people. Um, now I may have missed it. So those badges that are created, are those minted as NFTs or it's just uh, part of the platform? How does that work? Yeah, so it's a very special type of smart contract that is like a POAP, but has the functionality to in the future uh, kind of change in terms of like its underlying um, functions. So the current stage is it shows up as an NFT, like an OpenSea, and people can actually bid for it. But if some, if you tried to accept it, you couldn't accept it. Or if someone tried to buy it, they couldn't buy it. It rejects that transaction because it's currently not kind of built within the smart contract. Um, I'm also not the dev, but this is my understanding of what how it's currently built, but makes it so that it's super powerful because in the future, what if you can actually make those be transferable? You ultimately can create some sort of value for your community because the fact that they are able to move assets around. And so we're not closing that, but that's not currently how the platform is built. Yeah. And even not so, whether they can transfer it or not, I think that that's really cool because what you can also do is that, and this is what I try to explain to people about Web3. So anybody, you can see 
what NFTs a certain wallet may have. So you can see who has, you can take that contract address of one of those badges and see, okay, who holds this? And if there's 50 people holding it, you can drop other perks and other benefits and other, whether it's NFTs or other things to those wallets without having to go through a third-party distribution system like an email, you know, an email provider or anything else. You can just go straight um, direct connection. I would I would argue that really what the badging system is doing as well is it's tokenizing social interaction. And for nobody out there in like the current uh, kind of technological world that we have is going to store data for free. It just doesn't exist. And so like that's ultimately like what blockchains are for. I think is to store that data that no one else sees value in. But when you put it together, it becomes really valuable. And so we're starting to see that with a lot of the games that we're starting to help which is, hey, I actually want to understand if I drop this badge from a Twitter space and if I drop this badge from like a game night, which player, or in this case wallet, right, is converting? Like who is bringing us the most amount of conversions to our game? What is giving us the most return on our, our investment? And if it's like, you know, you spent this much on your Twitter space and 40% of your volume is coming from the audience that was mainly there, maybe you just want to continue to work on your Twitter spaces rather than just like the Discord game nights, right? Uh, and sure. this thesis can be applied to really anything as long as there is a measurable um, kind of data point there. And so it's exciting to see, I think, the attributions start to come apart or come into play here, because if we can get a, a really knowledgeable system of what some like what a user behaviors can actually lead to, then I think we ultimately start getting to a point where the cost of acquisition starts decreasing for users for gamers and then more importantly maybe even their lifetime value increases so that those two things i think in play what's currently happening is if we can get to a lower enough cost of acquisition cost that's even lower than web 2 all of web 2 is going to be moving over to web 3 because they know they can make more money essentially and, and then they can make they can show the lifetime value as well all of those things still need a lot of work in terms of the infrastructure but it's getting there, at least we're pioneering it to go to where it should happen. Because a lot of things that will happen in gaming will show up in our in our in our just social Web three markets in the in the future, how whatever they look like. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely something that is I think going to become more prevalent. Um, people that have looked at early Web three, I mean, you said you were there, like with with Axie. Um, <laughs> you know, I just actually interviewed someone. Uh, we just posted a podcast recently. Uh, from someone that was, you know, pretty big with Axie prior to, to his own platform. Yep. And those early iterations, a lot of people have seen, uh, there's been a lot of games come and go, but there's so much in development, so much that's coming out um, that I think the need for what you guys are doing is going to be just as important as, as I think this next wave of, of Web3 gaming is going to be games that are fun to play, right? Yeah. Not just, I'm going to go in, I'm going to click, I'm going to farm, I'm going to do whatever just to earn. Um, and I think what actually did successfully is they were able to build community, yep. uh, and it seems like what you guys are doing is just building, um, uh, the next level of connection. Now, one of the things I saw, I remember when I was looking at the website was insights and analytics. Um, how do those work for the user when, when they're in, in rev? So as the creator, uh, for people that are minting your badges, essentially, and again, you don't have to be like a web three creator. It can be anybody but the most amount of utility right now does definitely go to like Web3 centric analytics. Um, gotcha. We will be moving a lot kind of away from that as well in the future. But 
um, you are able to understand like the total net worth in a wallet. You can understand the top NFTs where those wallets are, those wallets hold how many of them, and then also top smart contracts that they're interacting with, top blockchains they're interacting with, and on-chain activity of that wallet. So for you to understand like, hey, if you go, if you do some sort of game night with someone and say, hey, my, the people in my community are actually really, really active on on-chain and I can actually show you this, you can start to understand a little bit more about the value that you're providing to those individuals. And obviously we help take that a, a step further, but it's a slow process because these are very new mechanics and helping people set up the rails to get to that point has been great, interesting, and, and just kind of new, right? It's never really been done before. And, um, and there's new types of communities that also arise that have so much influence in the space. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what we find out and we're already kind of working with some really great games and some really great partners to help us, you know, really get the research out of, you know, what are we finding? Awesome. Any, any of those games you can uh, mention? I know sometimes it's not really disclosed yet, but any, any, any games that we're maybe aware of? We're act so definitely. I can't say we're, we're I, what I can say is that we're working with yeah. games that are currently hosting like in real life events that are a big part of what they do. And so our hope is that at this in real life event, they're also going to be streaming um, like these uh, essentially extension packs that they have. And so uh, we're going to help them understand who are the people that are actually. Um, oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Cool. It just something popped up. Um, who, we're going to help them understand a little bit more about um, the people that are actually there watching. And as they start going to different in real, in real life events, also help them understand from those who watch, who actually want to go see you in person and through that create giveaway systems that can help retain that user much more and help them become a hardcore fan of that game. Um, and so hopefully we can kind of announce that soon but honestly for us at the end of the day it's really about being able to create systems that hopefully get help them get to a next spot and partnering you know really is just kind of more of an announcement where things are happening in the background that we're really excited about right yeah awesome so outside of games man um from the brand side or, or is it you're not just looking for game gaming brands to join um to get involved in rev what are you looking for in terms of brands it's a great question. I mean, so our, our brand side usually caters to a lot more of like a marketing agent agency because we can help them understand what their creators are doing and then also really quickly write up a report of how their campaign went and send it over to who paid them. That Those tools actually don't really exist anywhere because I, I think that the influencer game is still very kind of strong in, in Web3 and every, elsewhere it's kind of a little bit more scattered. Um, and, and so... And um, there's going to be, um, I already forgot the question I asked. <laughs> as far as brands, like what right. are you looking for in brands? Yeah. yeah. So again, marketing agencies, we're, we're looking at a lot of like advanced analytics tools that really help these brands kind of get to the next place. And I'm hesitant to say that we can onboard other brands outside of Web3 Gaming right now, because the brands that would want to come onto Rev would want to get access to the creators that are currently using Rev, which are a lot of Web3 gaming focus. But if you think about it in a way of, hey, I'm a, an NFT project wanting to sell my NFT to others that hold similar NFTs to me, who are the creators that have communities that hold these other NFTs that I was mentioning that can possibly have a better overlap? Like, you know, we'll start really slow and niche into this, but really quickly grow into 
ideally outside metrics as well as like what is the demographic of these users and all of that will be opt-in from the fans but it will give an insight to both the creators and the brands on again who their exactly their community is awesome awesome so but it sounds like i mean there there's definitely future for definitely future potential for any of these other like non-web through brands i think what we're going to start to see is a lot of um well, I guess you would call cross-pollination, right? Um, a lot of traditional Web 2 brands start to seep into Web 3. That's been a big passion of mine. I'm sure you guys probably keep up with it too. Just all the 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 somewhat larger traditional brands in the Web 2 space that are starting to test out different Web 3 strategies, community building. Um, Starbucks and Nike, right? Those two exactly. uh, just, just released some of the results from their past tests. I was, I was about to mention, like Nike just said about a, about a couple of days ago that they were going to use their shoes into the Fortnite um, world, the shoes that like I think are their NFTs. So just even seeing that right there, right, I think yeah. is a, a very initial step. And I, I do think that we'll see a lot of that actually in gaming first. And then ideally that moves around and into other areas. The Sandbox is a great example of how gaming kind of was able to bring in brands. And obviously, I, I like I said, I think with IP being a really strong and important thing in gaming, it's going to come again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, right, the gaming space, just the traditional gaming space lends to so much, I say easier and faster adoption once we make the onboarding process just a little bit easier yeah. uh, because gamers are used to the concept of earning badges, getting points, buying different assets, and, you know, whether it's weapons, shields, skins, whatever. That whole concept is is known, um, and really just Web three is just an enhancement of that. You know, adding ownership, adding connection, adding easier ways to build community. So it's great to see what you guys are doing because um, having those tools. I mean, there, there's so many people, there's so many I think hidden gems out there of, of content creators that are putting out amazing content, and maybe just because the tools that they're using today are not enough to get them really the audience they deserve. Yeah, no, it's so true. And then more importantly, just like helps them again, understand their audience from a very like basic level. I, we actually had a whole bunch of, uh, uh, KOLs tweet out, like, I really need a tool that can be essentially like my, uh, top supporter CRM. And that's really how we think about rev and, and want to push towards that. Cause I think there really isn't a tool like this in, in any other kind of industry, to be honest. And the creator industry for one is, you know, really big, but also uh, needs innovation as well. Um, so super excited for it. Obviously, super excited for like Web3 Gaming as well. And to your point, the brands coming in will be a great kind of um, positive sentiment, I think, to the space because we, we still have a long ways to go. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, you've probably seen the same thing. Like I mentioned it earlier, right? The onboarding process yeah. to Web3 has got to get a little bit easier. When that user comes in, if they have to, if they have to create a MetaMask and write down a seed phrase somewhere, you lose a lot of people, right? Yeah. Um, I, I actually versus... was going to mention. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I I I actually think that the onboarding flow has has been solved. I just think that there isn't enough development. Like we don't have enough, We still need more development time for these games because a lot of them don't have the virality that I think they want to have. Um, right. but I agree. There's definitely a lot of games out there that still use outdated methods, which is not going to allow them to get new users. But a lot of the newer games that are coming out have it seamlessly kind of put, plugged in. It's just 
they need time to grow or they need marketing and ideally they need investing and a lot of people have been focused or investment and a lot of people have been focused on that over the bear yeah yeah absolutely i think vir virality will help because some of the less build intensive games that if you can have some of those go viral that could bring a lot of attention but let's face it, i mean people don't realize some of these larger you know more more um labor intensive games they typically take years to build out yeah. right so you could you could have they could have started building this great game in 2019 2020 and it could be 25 2025 before yeah. we even see anything about it just because it's it takes so long yeah um, so yeah think about gta 5 i mean like yeah. or gta 6 like yeah. everybody's been waiting for it but it's just it's not out yet and it's because of how complex it is which makes it a a more immersive experience right and a lot of the gaming industry for the last two years, I think has had has had like a negative sentiment in terms of the gamers. Like the gamers feel like they don't really have any power, and I think it's part of the thing of like what GameStop was looking to change, or at least a narrative it wanted to kind of continue to have. Um, ultimately, they didn't end up staying in the space, and I think that that's for a variety of different reasons. But I think it's going to be very similar to when we moved from, you know, essentially pay to own, and you had a console to then free to play with mobile, a lot of those, you know, big developers didn't really win the, the actual market because they just weren't as agile and as kind of knowledgeable in the space. Then same thing here with free to play or mobile and also consoles to Web3 games. A lot of the Web3 gaming mentality almost has to come from someone that's native that can be expressed in a way that can be understood by everybody and obviously presented and marketed in that way. We can't be using like a lot of terminology like hey go get your nft like you know right. we've realized that it's not <laughs> super helpful yeah. but it might be in the future who knows yeah no i mean i think you're right i mean nfts have so much potential but they've also gotten negative connotations from what most people have seen with nfts right so yeah. uh kind of like earlier when we touched on you know you were going more about nike the starbucks program it intrigued me a little bit because they never called it nfts it was it was odyssey stamp program i was part of that it was like they opened it up to like 33,000 people as a test and they were able to raise just as much revenue from that test program with 33,000 users as they averaged from one retail locate physical location. Wow. Uh, it was right under, right under a million dollars. And, but they never once called it NFTs blockchain. You didn't see any of that unless you were digging more into like their specifics on the yeah. tech side The the average user just, they were collecting stamps for yeah. doing different missions. And I think that is kind of where we have to get like the NFT is the underlying technology. That's what makes it to where you can own it. You can transfer it. If it's, you know, if it's able to be transferred, you could potentially, you know, you can basically, and I see the future of, again, I mentioned that word early cross pollination, but in this case where the user could potentially um, obtain an NFT or asset in one game. And then when they connect their wallet to another game, it may even show up different in that game, but be, just being able to fact to say, hey, if you have this asset in your wallet, that entitles you to this in this game. And yeah. that's where I think that's where some virality can come in, not necessarily just from this is a fun game to play, but hey, so many people are using this game. Do you know you can take some of your assets from there and use them here? Yeah. And it just creates a whole new ecosystem yeah. that didn't really exist prior to this. Yeah, a lot of people have been playing around with the idea of doing that exact same thing, but for communities. So like if a community has like an NFT tied to it, you can just airdrop them 
something to play in games so that hopefully you incentivize them to come in and ultimately stay. Obviously, there's a lot of retention issues there, but I, and I totally agree with your, the Odyssey example is an amazing example. Um, I love to kind of point at, they, they made this much money because it shows like how impactful it actually was rather than like really a lot of other figures. Uh, something similar with NFL rivals. They, I think, were making about 15 to 20% of their, all of their revenue through secondary trading, which is, yeah. you know, impactful, you know, to, uh, yeah. you know, when you take a step back. And for a lot of game developers, they are obviously looking for other revenue sources outside of just sucking it out of the game or ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely. I, I think too, and I don't know how you feel about this, but gaming is right up there as the top. But I tell people like the top two industries that are going to be, impacted the most by web three are gaming and music um that's that's just kind of what i see because uh, mm -hmm. a lot of my conversations lately have been around with with traditional like web two people have mm -hmm. been with gaming pro gaming people and also um either musicians artists or people that are building mm -hmm. tech around the music space mm -hmm. i totally but it's all about engagement right community engagement community building exactly yeah. i i have this thesis that and i hope this comes true that pe like the way that you can um, tokenize culture is through a meme coin. And um, I think a lot of that ultimately comes with um, supporting someone early and like kind of essentially being along for the ride almost. Like for example, I'm, I live here in Puerto Rico. I went out, I think it was like last Friday and I saw this up and coming artist that was performing for the first time. And I was like, yo, like, this was actually like pretty cool. Like, can I get, you know, your socials, your Spotify, this, this and that to be able to just get something there that maybe was like, Hey, you got 10, you know, whatever tokens like, Oh, wow. Like I ha I feel like I have something a part of, I'm a part of something else. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily for the finance, fi financial, financial side, but ultimately for, to your point, like the community building and, and growing side. Yeah, man. Even or even not get say ten tokens, but maybe you get a badge that says, "Hey, I was following this 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 particular musician early, yeah. and if they blow up, man, that you know it could have value. You're not doing it for the value though, right? You're doing it just because you like that. You want to support. You want that memorabilia. But that's that's how a lot of a lot of uh, high value memorabilia and collectibles start out. Is mm -hmm. people weren't just collecting it because they say, "Oh, this is gonna be worth a lot one day." It's like, hey, yeah, I was one of the early fans of exactly. This Exactly. And that's why a lot of the, the examples I used to use when we had a lot of NFT haters was just the Pokemon example. Like, you know, Pokemon launched a game. Yeah. You didn't buy into Pokemon cards to trade them. You bought them to play the game. I think the illusion there is that they just weren't worth as much later on. And they all, and I don't think people were actively thinking about they can be worth more. Whereas in NFTs, they're, it's almost like built into the, thesis of what they are and which makes it difficult but still the you know the value remains yeah yeah and it's how it's put out i mean that that's the biggest problem we had a talk with the nft project last week and one thing i liked about them was after they did their drop of ten thousand nfts the way they did their whitelist and community and everything else i could not find it on OpenSea. Mm -hmm. like nobody was reselling now i think since then this was november um when i started watching them and i think since then maybe there's been a few sales but it was because people weren't buying it because, hey, I'm buying it because I'm going to flip it or it's going to be worth a lot mm -hmm. one day. People were buying it because of the utility to get out of it. Yeah. And I think the more um, people do that and people keep doing like what you're doing, building community and people end up collecting these assets, not 
with the intention of I'm just going to form these assets and sell them. Like I'm just collecting them, collect them and sell. I'm having fun. I'm engaging. I'm interacting. Oh, and by the way, I'm also getting this or picking these up along the way. Yeah. Um, then that, that's more organic to where down the road you can say, okay, there was only there was only a few of these that came out, and so now it's valuable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we always give it a number in the beginning, which is kind of funny. Uh, but usually in the past, like they minted more Pokemon cards because there was demand. They wouldn't mint anymore if they weren't making any money, right? And so it just grows with the user base that's there. And I think even going back to your point earlier, like imagine if you can say like this, this creator has a group that has these badges. And so this group can get now go into a specific game and, and get a creator skin where it's like a face of their creator on their gun or their car. Like that interoperability can happen because you're a part of a group already because we actually store that data. Whereas in other places like in Web2, don't store that data. Awesome. All right, JRP. So, man, that, this has been a great conversation. I think we could probably talk for hours about gaming and Web3. But as we wrap up, wrap up, can you tell everybody where they can follow Rev and find out more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, of course. You can just uh, look up our website at rev.gg. That's two Vs or our uh, Twitter, that's gonna be rev underscore GG. Uh, we're working a lot right now behind the scenes with a, a few key partners to help us build out the program to get it to where I think we really, really want it to be. It's open for everybody to use. Uh, the technology is live. You can ultimately start learning about your community today, which is exciting. And you know, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of months here. I, I think that as the Web3 gaming space is going to grow, we're going to see a lot more of a, a need for these toolings and in general for marketing in the space, which is great because a lot of the space currently is, you know, marketing focused and uh, excited to see how that ramps up and in general, how we can build more sustainable business kind of practices, because I don't think that we have been able to do that in the past. But I know that if we want to have a sustainable business and in an industry, we're, we're going to have to start doing that today. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, we're, we're definitely, I know from, from a standpoint of, of FIO and, and what, what I've heard about over the weekend about what you guys are doing, I'm definitely going to check that out from the brand side. We've also got some creators that we know as well. So can't wait to check it out. Everybody else listening, make sure you check it out. So JRP, man, as we wrap up, one, one, any final thoughts for the team or for those listening before we uh, hop off this call? Yeah, I think the last thing I would say is make sure not to underestimate web3 gaming i think even today after i you know have been in the space for so long i just kind of look back to gaming as a market and it's, it's so huge it's bigger than music and and i think other entertainment pieces together um and the kind of blockchain entering into the space i think is a very big thing and is going to set up a lot of dominoes for the future and so if you're listening i would highly encourage you to at least you know, start learning a little bit more about the technologies being used within these Web3 games because they are going to affect so much more of the entire space moving forward in the future. Yeah. Well said. Well said. All right, everyone. Well, thanks again for listening. JRP, man, thanks. Thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure. And we'll catch everybody on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Later, everyone.